0: section 20 of the aeneid this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the aeneid by virgil translated by j w McHale book tenth the battle on the beach part two meanwhile turnus's gracious sister bids him take lausus's room and his fleet chariot parts the ranks when he saw his comrades it is time he cried to stay from battle i alone must assail pallas to me and none other pallas is due i would his father himself were here to see so speaks he and his rutulians draw back from a level space at his bidding but then as they withdrew he Wondering that the haughty command, stands in amaze at Turnus, his eyes scanning the vast frame, and his fierce glance perusing him from afar. And with these words he returns the words of the monarch For me, my praise shall even now be in the lordly spoils I win, or in illustrious death. My father will bear calmly either lot. Away with menaces. He speaks, and advances into the level ring the arcadian's blood gathers chill about their hearts. turnus leaps from his chariot and prepares to close with him and as a lion sees from some lofty outlook a bull stand far off on the plain revolving battle and flies at him even such to see is turnus's coming when pallas deemed him within reach of a spear throw he advances if so chance may assist the daring of his overmatched strength and thus cries into the depth of sky by my father's hospitality and the board whereto thou camest a wanderer, on thee I call, Alcides. Be favorable to my high emprise. Let Turnus even in death discern me stripping his blood-stained armor, and his swooning eyes endure the sight of his conqueror. Alcides heard him, and deep in his heart he stifled a heavy sigh and let idle tears fall. Then with kindly words the father accosts his son. Each hath his own appointed day, short and irrecoverable is the span of life for all. But to spread renown by deeds is the task of valor. Under high Troy town many and many a god's son fell. Nay, mine own child Sapedon likewise perished. Turnus too his own fate summons, and his allotted period hath reached the goal. So speaks he and turns his eyes away from the rutulian fields but pallas hurls his spear with all his strength and pulls his sword flashing out of the hollow scabbard the flying spear lights where the armor rises high above the shoulder and forcing away through the shield's rim ceased not till it drew blood from the mighty turnus at this turnus long poises the spear shaft with its sharp steel head and hurls it on pallas with these words see thou if our weapon hath not a keener point he ended but for all the shield's plating of iron and brass for all the bull-hide that covers it round about the quivering spear-head smashes it fair through and through passes the guard of the corslet and pierces the breast with a gaping hole he tears the warm weapon from the wound in vain together and at once life-blood and sense follow it He falls heavily on the ground, his armor clashes over him, and his blood-stained face sinks in death on the hostile soil. And Turnus standing over him. Arcadians, he cries, remember these my words, and bear them to Evander. I send him back his palace, as was due. All the mead of the tomb, all the solace of sepulture, I give freely. Dearly must he pay his welcome to Aeneas. And with these words planting his left foot on the dead he tore away the broad heavy sword belt engraven with a tale of crime the array of grooms foully slain together on their bridal night and the nuptial chambers dabbled with blood which clonus son of eurytus had wrought richly in gold now turnus exults in spoiling him of it and rejoices at his prize ah spirit of man ignorant of fate and the allotted future or to keep bounds when elate with prosperity the day will come when turnus shall desire to have bought pallas's safety at a great ransom and curse the spoils of this fatal day but with many moans and tears pallas's comrades lay him on his shield and bear him away amid their ranks o grief and glory and grace of the father to whom thou shalt return this one day sent thee first to war this one day takes thee away while yet thou leavest heaped high thy rutulian dead and now no rumour of the dreadful loss but a surer messenger flies to aeneas telling him his troops are on the thin edge of doom it is time to succour the routed teucrians he mows down all that meets him and hews a broad path through their columns with furious sword as he seeks thee o turnus in thy fresh pride of slaughter pallas evander all flash before his eyes the board whereto but then he had first come a wanderer and the clasped hands here four of sulmo's children as many more of ufen's nurture are taken by him alive to slaughter in sacrifice to the shade below And slake the flames of the pyre with captive blood next he levelled his spear full on magus from far he stoops cunningly the spear flies quivering over him and clasping his knees he speaks thus beseechingly by thy father's ghost by iulus thy growing hope i entreat thee save this life for a child and a parent my house is stately deep in it lies buried wealth of engraven silver i have masses of wrought and unwrought gold the victory of troy does not turn on this nor will a single life make so great a difference he ended to him aeneas thus returns answer all the wealth of silver and gold thou tellest of spare thou for thy children turnus hath broken off this thy trafficking in war even then when pallas fell thus judges the ghost of my father anchises thus Iulus. so speaking he grasps his helmet with his left hand and bending back his neck drives his sword up to the hilt in the suppliant hard by is haemonides priest of phoebus and trivia his temples wound with the holy ribboned chaplet all glittering in white-robed array Him he meets, and chases down the plain, and standing over his fallen foe, slaughters him, and wraps him in great darkness. Serestus gathers the armor, and carries it away on his shoulders. A trophy! King Gradivus, to thee! Siculus, born of Vulcan's race, and Umbro, who comes from the Marsian hills, fill up the line. The Dardanian rushes full on them. His sword had hewn off Angzor's left arm, with all the circle of the shield he had uttered brave words and deemed his prowess would second his vaunts and perchance with spirit lifted up had promised himself hoar age and length of years when tarquatus in the pride of his glittering arms met his fiery course whom the nymph dryope had borne to faunus haunter of the woodland drawing back his spear he pins the ponderous shield to the corslet then as he vainly pleaded and would say many a thing strikes his head to the ground and rolling away the warm body cries thus over his enemy lie there now terrible one no mother's love shall lay thee in the sod or place thy limbs beneath thine heavy ancestral tomb to birds of prey shalt thou be left or borne down sunk in the eddying water where hungry fish shall suck thy wounds Next he sweeps on Antius and Lucus, the first of Turnus's train, and brave Numa and tawny-haired Camas, born of noble Volscens, who was wealthiest in land of the Ausonians and reigned in silent Amicle even as Aegean, who men say had an hundred arms, an hundred hands, fifty mouths and breasts ablaze with fire, and arrayed against Jove's thunders as many clashing shields and drawn swords so aeneas when once his sword's point grew warm rages victorious over all the field nay lo he darts full in face on Nepheus's four-horse chariot before his long strides and dreadful cry they turned in terror and dashed back throwing out their driver and tearing the chariot down the beach meanwhile the brothers lucagus and liga drive up with their pair of white horses Lucagus valiantly waves his drawn sword, while his brother wheels his horses with the rein. Aeneas, wrathful at their mad onslaught, rushes on them, towering high with leveled spear. To him, Liga, not Diomedes' horses dost thou discern, nor Achilles' chariot, nor the plains of Phrygia. Now on this soil of ours the war and thy life shall end together. Thus fly mad Liga's random words, but not in words does the trojan hero frame his reply for he hurls his javelin at the foe as Lucagus spurred on his horses bending forward over the whip with left foot advanced ready for battle the spear passes through the lower rim of his shining shield and pierces his left groin knocks him out of the chariot and stretches him in death on the fields to him good aeneas speaks in bitter words "Lucagus, no slackness in thy courser's flight hath betrayed thee Or vain shadow of the foe turned them back thyself thou leapest off the harnessed wheels in such wise he spoke and caught the horses his brother slipping down from the chariot pitiably outstretched helpless hands ah by the parents who gave thee birth great trojan spare this life and pity my prayer more was he pleading but aeneas not such were the words thou wert uttering die and be brother undivided from brother with that his sword's point pierces the breast where the life lies hid thus the dardanian captain dealt death over the plain like some raging torrent stream or black whirlwind at last the boy ascanius and his troops burst through the ineffectual leaguer and issue from the camp meanwhile jupiter breaks silence to accost juno O sister and wife best-beloved, it is Venus, as thou deemest, nor is thy judgment astray, who sustains the forces of Troy, not their own valor of hand in war, and untamable spirit and endurance in peril. To whom Juno, beseechingly, Why, fair my lord, vexest thou one sick at heart, and trembling at thy bitter words? if that force were in my love that once was and that was well never had thine omnipotence denied me leave to withdraw turnus from battle and preserve him for his father daunus in safety now let him perish and pay forfeit to the trojans of his innocent blood yet he traces his birth from our name and pelumnus was his father in the fourth generation and oft and again his bountiful hand hath heaped thy courts with gifts To her the King of High Heaven thus briefly spoke, If thy prayer for him is delay of present death and respite from his fall, and thou dost understand that I ordain it thus, remove thy turnus in flight, and snatch him from the fate that is upon him. For so much indulgence there is room, but if any ampler grace mask itself in these thy prayers, and thou dreamest of change in the whole movement of the war, idle is the hope thou nursest and Juno weeping. Ah, yet, if thy mind were gracious where thy lips are stern, and this gift of life might remain confirmed to Turnus. Now his portion is bitter and a guiltless death, or I wander idly from the truth. Yet, oh, that I rather deluded myself with false alarms, and thou who canst wouldst bend thy course to better counsels these words uttered she darted through the air straight from high heaven cloud-girt in driving tempest and sought the ilian ranks and camp of laurentum then the goddess strange and ominous to see fashions into the likeness of aeneas a thin and pithless shade of hollow mist decks it with dardanian weapons and gives it the mimicry of shield and divine helmet plume gives unsubstantial words and senseless utterance and the mould and motion of his tread like shapes rumoured to flit when death is past, or dreams that delude the slumbering senses. But in front of the battle ranks the phantom dances rejoicingly, and with arms and mocking accents provokes the foe. Turnus hastens up, and sends his spear whistling from far on it. It gives back, and turns its footsteps. Then indeed Turnus, when he believed Aeneas turned, and fled from him, and his spirit madly drank in the elusive hope, Whither fliest thou, Aeneas? Forsake not thy plighted bridal chamber. This hand shall give thee the land thou hast sought overseas. So clamouring he pursues and brandishes his drawn sword, and sees not that his rejoicing is drifting with the winds. The ship lay haply moored to a high ledge of rock with ladders run out and gangway ready, wherein King Osinius sailed from the coasts of Clusium. Here the fluttering phantom of flying Aeneas darts and hides itself. Nor is Turnus slack to follow. He overleaps the barriers and springs across the high gangways. Scarcely had he lighted on the prow. The daughter of Saturn snaps the hawser, and the ship, parted from her cable, runs out on the ebbing tide. And him Aeneas seeks for battle and finds not, and sends many a man that meets him to death then the light phantom seeks not yet any further hiding-place but flitting aloft melts in a dark cloud and a blast comes down meanwhile and sweeps turnus through the seas he looks back witless of his case and thankless for his salvation and wailing stretches both hands to heaven father omnipotent was i so guilty in thine eyes and is this the punishment thou hast ordained whither am i born whence came i what flight is this or in what guise do i return shall i look again on the camp or walls of laurentum what of that array of men who followed me to arms whom O horrible i have abandoned all amid a dreadful death and now i see the stragglers and catch the groans of those who fall what do i or how may earth ever yawn for me deep enough do you rather o winds be pitiful carry my bark on rock or reef It is i turnus who desire and implore you or drive me on the cruel shoals of the cyrtus where no rutulian may follow nor rumour know my name thus speaking he wavers in mind this way and that maddened by the shame shall he plunge on his sword's harsh point and drive it through his side or fling himself among the waves and seek by swimming to gain the winding shore again to return on the trojan arms thrice he essayed either way thrice queenly juno checked and restrained him in pity of heart cleaving the deep he floats with the tide down the flood and is borne on to his father dionys's ancient city but meanwhile at jove's prompting fiery mezentius takes his place in the battle and assails the triumphant Teucrians. the terrene ranks gather round him and all at once in unison shower their darts down on the hated foe as a cliff that juts into the waste of waves meeting the raging winds and breasting the deep endures all the threatening force of sky and sea itself fixed immovable so he dashes to earth hebrus son of dilecaon and with him latagus and palmus as he fled catching latagus full front in the face with a vast fragment of mountain rock while palmus he hamstrings and leaves him rolling helpless his armor he gives lausus to wear on his shoulders and the plumes to fix on his crest with them fall Avanthus the Phrygian and Mimas, fellow and birthmate of Paris, for on one night Theano bore him to his father Amicus, and the queen Cecius's daughter was delivered of Paris the firebrand. He sleeps in his father's city, Mimas lies a stranger on the Laurentian coast, and as the boar driven by snapping hounds from the mountain heights, many a year hidden by Vesulus in his pines many and one fed in the laurentian marsh among the reedy forest once come among the nets halts and snorts savagely with shoulders bristling up and none of them dare be wrathful or draw closer but they shower from a safe distance their darts and cries even thus none of those whose anger is righteous against mezentius have courage to meet him with drawn weapon far off they provoke him with missiles and huge clamor and he turns slow and fearless round about grinding his teeth as he shakes the spears off his shield from the bounds of ancient corythus acron the greek had come leaving for exile a bride half one seeing him afar dealing confusion amid the ranks in crimson plumes and his plighted wife's purple as an unpastured lion often ranging the deep coverts for madness of hunger urges him if he haply catches sight of a timorous roe or high-antlered stag he gapes hugely for joy and with mane on end clings crouching over its flesh his cruel mouth bathed in reeking gore so mezentius darts lightly among the thick of the enemy Hapless Akron goes down and spurning the dark ground gasps out his life and covers the broken javelin with his blood But the victor deigned not to bring down Orodes with the blind wound of his flying lances he fled. Full face to face he meets him, and engages man with man, conqueror not by stealth but armed valour. Then, as with planted foot, he thrust him off the spear, O men, he cries, Orodes lies low, no slight arm of the war. His comrades shout after him the glad battle-chant, and the dying man, not unavenged nor long whoso thou art shalt thou be glad in victory thee too an equal fate marks down and in these fields thou shalt soon lie and smiling on him half wrathfully misentius now die thou but of me let the father of gods and king of men take counsel so saying he drew the weapon out of his body grim rest and iron slumber seal his eyes his lids close on everlasting night sidicus slays Alcathous sacrato Hidaspes, rapo parthenius and the grim strength of horses messapus clonius and Ericetes, son of lycaon the one when his rainless horse stumbling had flung him to the ground the other as they met on foot and argus the lycian advanced only to be struck from horseback by valerius Brave as his ancestry, and Thronius by Salius, and Salius by Nealces, with treacherous arrow shot that stole from far. Now the heavy hand of war dealt equal woe and counterchange of death. In even balance, conquerors and conquered slew and fell, nor one nor other knows of retreat. The gods in Jove's house pity the vain rage of either, and all the agonizing of mortals. From one side, Venus, from one opposite, Juno, daughter of Saturn, looks on. Pale Tissiphony rages among the many thousand men. But now, brandishing his huge spear, Mezentius strides glooming over the plain, vast as Orion when, with planted foot, he cleaves his way through the vast pools of mid-ocean, and his shoulder overtops the waves, or carrying an ancient mountain ash from the hill-tops, paces the ground and hides his head among the clouds so moves mezentius huge in arms aeneas espying him in the deep columns makes on to meet him he remains unterrified awaiting his noble foe steady in his own bulk and measures with his eye the fair range for a spear this right hand's divinity and the weapon i poisoned hurl now be favourable thee lausus i vow for the live trophy of aeneas dressed in the spoils stripped from the pirate's body he ends and throws the spear whistling from far it flies on glancing from the shield and pierces illustrious antores hard by him sidelong in the flank antores companion of hercules who sent thither from argos had stayed by evander and settled in an italian town hapless he goes down with a wound not his own and in death gazes on the sky and argos is sweet in his remembrance Then good Aeneas throws his spear. Through the sheltering circle of threefold brass, through the canvas lining and fabric of triple sewn bull-hide it went, and sank deep in his groin, yet carried not its strength home. Quickly Aeneas, joyful at the sight of the Tyrrhenian's blood, snatches his sword from his thigh and presses hotly on his struggling enemy. Lausus saw, and groaned deeply for love of his dear father, and tears rolled over his face here will i not keep silence of thy hard death doom and thine excellent deeds if in any wise things wrought in the old time may win belief nor of thyself o fitly remembered he helpless and trammelled withdrew backward the deadly spear-shaft trailing from his shield the youth broke forward and plunged into the fight and even as aeneas's hand rose to bring down the blow he caught up his point and held him in delay His comrades follow up with loud cries so the father may withdraw in shelter of his son's shield while they shower their darts and bear back the enemy with missiles from a distance aeneas wrathfully keeps covered and as when storm clouds pour down in streaming hail all the plowmen and country folks scatter off the fields and the wayfarer cowers safe in his fortress a stream's bank or deep arch of rock while the rain falls That they may do their day's labor when sunlight reappears. Thus under the circling storm of weapons Aeneas sustains the cloud of war till it thunders itself all away, and calls on Lausus, on Lausus, with chiding and menace. Whither runnest thou on thy death with daring beyond thy strength? thine affection betrays thee into rashness. But nonetheless he leaps madly on, and now wrath rises higher and fiercer in the Dardanian captain. And the fates pass Lausus's last threads through their hand, for Aeneas drives the sword strongly right through him, up all its length. The point pierced the light shield that armed his assailant, and the tunic sewn by his mother with flexible gold. Blood filled his breast, and the life left the body, and passed mourning through the air to the underworld. But when Anchises's son saw the look on the dying face, the face pale in wonderful wise, he sighed deeply in pity and reached forth his hand as the likeness of his own filial affection flashed across his soul what now shall good aeneas give thee what o poor boy for this thy praise for Gerdon of a nature so noble keep for thine own the armor thou didst delight in and i restore thee if that matters aught at all to the ghosts and ashes of thy parents yet thou shalt have this sad comfort in thy piteous death thou fallest by great aeneas's hand then chiding his hesitating comrades he lifts him from the ground dabbling the comely ranged tresses with blood meanwhile his father by the wave of the tiber river stanched his wound with water and rested his body against a tree trunk Hard by, his brazen helmet hangs from the boughs, and the heavy armour lies quietly on the meadow. Chosen men stand round. He, sick and panting, leans his neck and lets his beard spread down over his chest. Many a time he asks for Lausus, and sends many an one to call him back and carry a parent's sad commands. But Lausus, his weeping comrades, were bearing lifeless on his armour, mighty and mightily wounded to death afar the soul prophetic of ill knew their lamentation he soils his gray hairs plenteously with dust and stretches both hands on high and clings on the dead was life's hold on me so sweet o my son that i let him i bore receive the hostile stroke in my room am i thy father saved by these wounds of thine and living by thy death alas and woe now at last exile is bitter Now the wound is driven deep, and I, even I, O my son, stained thy name with crime, driven in hatred from the throne and sceptre of my fathers. I owed vengeance to my country and my people's resentment, might mine own guilty life but have paid it by every form of death. Now I live, and leave not yet man and day, but I will. As he speaks thus, he raises himself painfully on his thigh, and though the violence of the deep wound cripples him yet unbroken he bids his horse be brought his beauty his comfort that ever had carried him victorious out of war and says these words to the grieving beast rebus we have lived long if aught at all lasts long with mortals this day wilt thou either bring back in triumph the gory head and spoils of aeneas and we will avenge laos's agonies or if no force opens a way, thou wilt die with me For i deem not bravest thou wilt deign to bear an alien rule and a teucrian lord he spoke and took his welcome seat on the back he knew loading both hands with keen javelins his head sheathed in glittering brass and shaggy horsehair plumes thus he galloped in through his heart sweep together the vast tides of shame and mingling madness and grief and with that he thrice loudly calls aeneas aeneas knew the call and makes glad invocation so the father of gods speed me so apollo on high do thou essay to close hand to hand thus much he utters and moves up to meet him with leveled spear and he why seek to frighten me fierce man now my son is gone this was thy one road to my ruin we shrink not from death nor relent before any of the gods cease for i come to my death first carrying these gifts for thee he spoke and hurled a weapon at his enemy then plants another and yet another as he darts round in a wide circle but they are stayed on the boss of gold thrice he rode wheeling close round him by the left and sent his weapons strongly in thrice the trojan hero turns round taking the grim forest on his brazen guard then weary of lingering in delay on delay and plucking out spear-head after spear-head and hard pressed in the uneven match of battle with much counselling of spirit now at last he bursts forth and sends his spear at the war-horse between the hollows of the temples the creature raises itself erect beating the air with its feet throws its rider and coming down after him in an entangled mass slips its shoulder as it tumbles forward the cries of trojans and latins kindle the sky Aeneas rushes up, drawing his sword from the scabbard, and thus above him. Where now is gallant Mezentius and all his fierce spirit? There too the Tyrrhenian, as he came to himself, and gazing up, drank the air of heaven. Bitter foe! Why these taunts and menaces of death? Nought forbids my slaughter. Neither on such terms came I to battle, Nor did my Lausus make treaty for this between me and thee. This one thing I beseech thee. By whatsoever grace a vanquished enemy may claim. Allow my body sepulture. I know I am girt by the bitter hatred of my people. Stay, I implore, their fury, and grant me and my son union in the tomb. So speaks he, and takes the sword in his throat unfalteringly, and the life blood spreads in a wave over his armour. End of section 20